percussive. Obsessive. 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 Right, so I think we're recording now. Um, this is the bit that always goes wrong, as you know. Um, so, Obsessive Conversive, episode, I'm going to say five, it might be six, uh, with everyone's best mate, Supersonic, Jack Shaw. <laughs> everyone's best mate. My, uh, my actual best mate won't be happy to hear that. Might be yeah. true, but, uh, <laughs> I'll take it. No, I just see it all the time. Um, anytime there's any comments, it's always like, yeah, that's, that's right, best mate. <laughs> I've adopted it a little bit with my mates. It's, it's funny. It's a funny story on that one because um, basically what that came from was it, there's a guy um, who my old man knows. Uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, for, my old man said for years and years, even like going back 10, 15 years ago, you call everyone best mate. Um so he started up this Facebook account, but obviously it wasn't actually under his name, but everyone who knew him knew, knew who was him. And he just started calling everyone best mate on here. And um, <laughs> we, we was literally friends with anyone and we chat with anyone on there. It was uh, <laughs> sort of as everyone. Like I started calling everyone best mate, you know, then all my buddies started. And then literally within, within like the space of six months, everyone I know, like from... Ab Leary and then branching like the Blackwood, the Newport, the Cardiff, all the boys at the gym, like people from England who, who, who yeah. <laughs> all, are all calling everyone best mate now. And, and yeah, so that's where that one comes from. But it literally it all come from uh, this one guy who just used to say it as a fuck about now everyone's <laughs> calling everyone best mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's extended now to me as well, mate. Best mate. Um, <laughs> so, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. Um, all in, like no, no injuries or anything. Um, I don't well, know. Did you even get hit? Um, I, I don't. I took a a clean shot, and I he cracked me with a like half a mid kick and an head kick, but managed to catch him on the gloves and the elbow. Um, the only real niggle I had from it was my own elbow, which was which 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 had swollen up. But that that seems to be going down now. So I don't think it's nothing obviously serious. It was, it was just a bit of inflammation. Um, but yeah, other than like jet lag and and being tired from being in a food coma, I can't complain. I'm all good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I, I I've watched the fight uh, three times now, and I, I, that was a genuine question if you if you got hit because I didn't notice anything get through. Like obviously, like you said, you uh, the head kick um, got on the gloves and the elbow, but I genuinely watched it back a couple of times, and I was like. Best mate hasn't even taken a punch there in that <laughs> fight. You and to be fair to you, you didn't have um, the the most orthodox build up to that fight, did you? Was that your fourth opponent? Yeah, so that was um, yeah, that was the fourth guy. So like uh, Graham, guy, yeah. Graham spoke to me probably. It would have been about five or six, six and a half ish weeks before the fight, and said. Um, Look, Fight Island is a real... This was before, obviously, they announced it was in Abu Dhabi or anything. Um, mm -hmm. He said, Fight Island is obviously going, going ahead. He said, I don't know where it is or, or whatever. Um, do, do you want in? So, at the time, I think I said, you know, I, I wasn't out of shape. I was fit, but obviously, I hadn't sparred or anything for about two, two and a half months. So, I said, I'm not... I, I, I'm in, but 
how, how long are we talking time-wise? Um, so he gave me the dates, uh, which would have been like from the 11th to the 25th. So, you know, I, I on aid on the side of caution, I said, look, ideally it needs to be the 25th. I would have given me a, a, about seven weeks or so to, to get in shape and to get sharp. Um, they ended up with offering me the 18th to start. So, um, you know, I'm like, get coaxed in pretty easily. So I said, I'll oh, go on and I'll do the 18th. Um, and it was meant to be against uh, Geraldo, who, who I was due to fight uh, on the London card. So they were, were going to set yeah. that back up. Um, so then that, I think that that went on, that that was there then for about four, uh, five, four or five days probably. And then I had a text off Graham saying um, Geraldo can't fight. I, I don't know if it was travel or perhaps he didn't didn't feel ready to train or anything. Um, so Geraldo can't fight. I'll get back to you now. Sean's on Sean's on the case for another name. So. They came back to me then with another name and said, "Okay, this is this American guy, but it's gonna have to. It's on the fifteenth now, so it's like right. So we're a week and a half earlier than what what I'd expected. Um, and you know me, I'm used to like a 10, 12 week camp, but it was one of them. I thought, you know, I got nothing else better to do. Let's just go for it now. I had my head set on fighting. Um, so then they offered me another an American guy. I can't can't even remember his name. Again, six days went by, still no contract. So I said to my old man, "Some someone's going on here." Um, then they sent a contract then for Anderson de Santos, which we signed on the, I want to say that was like the Saturday. So we signed, sent it off. They announced the fight on the Tuesday, then rang me on the Friday to say, he's out, Phillips is in. So in the space of like four weeks, I had four different opponents. We went from Orthodox to Southpaw, back to Orthodox, back to Southpaw. We went from a brawler to a technical striker to a grappler, back to a technical striker. So, in the end, I just thought, you know what, it, it doesn't matter who they put in there now. It's, it's just going to be a matter of, of, of pretty much just, just fighting myself, in a sense, and going out there, yeah, make, yeah. making sure I perform how, how, how I want to perform, and whoever's in front of me on the night will, will, will be in front of me. Um, but like you said, the, not your most conventional build-up, especially, you know, shorter time, uh, time frame, the gym's not open properly, so there's only a set of us that could spar. But, you know, we got it done, um, and, and that's the main thing. Yeah, I was speaking to Mason the other week, and um, I think I, I can't remember if it was yours or his, or maybe it might have been Ash Amos. Um, something about elite or professional athletes were allowed to train together in Wales, but that was it. And I thought, like, what, what, what's the guidelines for that? I mean, everything, I mean, everything's been real loosey goosey, though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Uh, because like Ash, obviously, with his grappling, he's in in terms of what he does. Grappling is his that's his that's his bread and butter, isn't it? So surely he should be able to do his bread and butter in the same way. I mean, you add a little bit of strike into your, to what you're doing, but also then like rugby players or footballers, like yeah, where, where, like that that elite that elite BJJ thing. It, in my opinion, it's just a paperwork exercise because there's no real definition for how, how do you like. Let's let's look at the example then. Um, look at it. Like Amos is the best example probably at our gym or his own gym. You know, he he's probably one one of the few in Wales that would be classed as an elite yeah. BJJ competitor. You know, fought ADCC, Polaris. You know, fought on all the top shows. Um, but obviously, there's not. That type of level grappling, Wales is still far between. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's a good at the same place because it means the boys get to train. But at the same time, then 
obviously, if you're a pro athlete, you get to train. So basically, all us guys who are pro fighters, MMA wise, can train. But right. we, we have got amateurs who have had like 14, 15 amateur fights who are elite level amateurs, but they can't train because they haven't got a pro label and they, they're not competing sort of top level on the BJJ scene. So you can't, you can't necessarily get them through the ranks that way. So it's like you said, it's a little bit loose, loosey goosey. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do, if you know what I mean. And, you know, we did what we had to do to get prepared for the fight. And hopefully now with this elite BJJ thing in place, I know at least we've got something there now where we can, like, if anyone sort of questions what we're doing, well, look, here's the paperwork, here's the guidelines. You know, all these guys have been cleared by the UK BJJ Federation to be training. So at least we've got something to fall back on should anyone kick up a fuss. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing at the moment, is it? It's, it's all... I mean, it's, it's the same with us um, cooking. It's like, yeah, we're we're trying to adhere to the rules as best we can, but you can, you can only do what you can do, can't you? You can't. Like, yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing um, throughout all of this. Is there's it's so loosey goosey. It's a bit like um, old Boris's um, his, his his talks on the telly. He, just, contradict, he contradicts himself they just within divert, a sentence. Yeah, they just divert the question. They just divert the question we want to hear the answer to to a question that they've got the answer for. Yeah. And it's one of them. It's like, you know, fucking hell, let's, oh, let's open the pubs and the restaurants up. But not the let's gyms. Not, let's not open the gyms. So, use my argument. Is every, and I, I've got no issue at all with the pubs being open. I'm not one of them do-gooders who's, no, no. you should be social distancing, you're going to cause a second wave. I generally couldn't care less. If people want to go to the pub and drink and want to go out for a bit of food, then they, they let them do it. I, I, now I'm out of fight camp, I'd probably be one of those boys. That, that you know, If the boys are out, I'll pop out and have a drink with them. But you know, how can you say that it's easier to social distance in a pub after 10 vodkas or 10 pints than it is well, in a gym? Well, 10 vodkas if it's you. If it's, me. it's impossible. <laughs> you know, like, it just doesn't happen. And at least in a gym, you can you know, like cut off the equipment, you can have someone there, right? Disinfect the equipment after you've used it. You can book time slots. You know, you say, right, we've got 10 spaces between 10 and 11. Who wants them? And, you know, you've got to be in for 10. You've got to be gone by 11, that sort of thing. Um, whereas you can't do the hand of pub, you know? And, and it's just, I'm at a stage now where I'm starting to think, look, I'll give an example there, right? My old man, obviously, we, had to, we got tested four times out in between London and Abu Dhabi um, for, for Corona. So my old man tested four times, clear every single time. So obviously he, he was allowed to stay, didn't have the virus. He had a text when um, when we was out there of his boss from work, from school, who said that two of the people or three of the people who work with him, so he spends three hours a day, you know, close contact with these people, have all been tested positive for the virus. Now, if it's as, as contagious as they're trying to make out, then surely, having spent three hours a day, you know, within two two meters or whatever, in the same room as these people, then he, he should have it. But he didn't have it. So, yeah. in my opinion, it is what it is now. I mean, if if you wanna, if you're scared of it and you feel vulnerable and you wanna stay in, isolate, then by all means, you you do that. But if you're willing to go out and take the risk, you should you should be given that option. Now, I think that if if you if you were prepared to you know, sign a waiver that you say, look, I, I'm, I'm prepared to go into a gym and if I catch it, I don't hold anyone responsible, then you should be allowed to do that. It's the same with anything. You can't live in fear 
until a vaccine comes out because it means we're going to be living in fear a long time. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I was, um, well, what is it, about two months back at work and I, I'll admit initially when I went back to work, I was a bit like, is it like, really? We're, you know, we've been given a window and we're jumping on it straight away. But now, like, I, I, I mix with the same people day in, day out. I go back to my house. I'm, I'm, I'm still being sensible. I'm not going around to all my mates' houses. Um, I'll, I'll see my mum every now and again. If I go and see my mum, I literally go and round to her garden or I'll sit in her kitchen and it's relatively social distanced in that respect. So if anything does happen, I can say, look, mum, there's been a case at work. Um, I haven't got it just yet, but there's been a case at work. Keep yourself safe. Apart from that, like I, I completely agree with you. I, I think it was Mason I was talking to, and I've also had um, a couple of gym guys um, on on the podcast recently. And I I don't know about you, mate. I, I'm I'm all for a conspiracy theory every now and again, but it just seems a bit um, a bit too convenient that places that make you less healthy are allowed to open, but the places that will make you fitter and stronger uh, and let and easier to fight off diseases of any kind, let alone a virus that just so happened to turn up and not allowed to open. You know, it's, it's all and it's all to do with what brings like what, what brings more money into the government, the tax into make, the government, yeah, the exactly on the on booze. So that's the reality of it. Um, booze and food, booze and food. Yeah. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? That's uh, like food is my bread and butter now, but it it, it seems mental to me that. Like I, I work in a burger restaurant, as you know, and as probably all the listeners, my one listener on this podcast um, does know, that's what I do for a living. That's not the healthiest food to be eating all the time. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're more or less selling out every day. And that's like top that up with a few beers and that, that's not making you the healthiest person in the world. Yet you can't go to a gym, lift a few weights, uh, do a bit of heavy breathing and make yourself a far, easy, a far less easy to kill person and it, yeah it's it mental was, even before all this like when, when we was in you know sort of a serious lockdown it was like oh you can leave the house uh once a day to exercise but, but low be all if, if you go further than 5k from the house uh you're breaking the law so i can go out um, i can go out on my own for a run or for a bike ride but if i go any further than 5k from my house then i'm at more risk of catching a virus just, <laughs> silly, it's so silly. 30k from the house as I would be 5k from the house. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's um, it, it is it's bonkers, isn't it? When when they come up with these these rules, like Wales was different. I know it was different, and you're still sort of in a different stage to England. I know that, but you're you, you're still on sort of that 5k five mile. I think, fan, aren't you? Yeah, like, I think it may maybe have, have loosened a bit now, but I mean, I shouldn't be saying it, but that shows how much notice I'm I'm taking of the. No, of, no, but that's fair enough, isn't it, mate? So I say, I, I if if I want to go out on the bike and, and go 40, 50k from the house, I'm not I'm not in contact with anyone, and maybe me and one of the boys will go who's also fit and healthy, you know, been tested. I don't see how I'm putting anyone else or myself at any more risk, and if I am putting myself at more risk. Surely I should, on you. I should be the person who's got to say where I want to take the risk or not. Yeah. No, it's your like, life, isn't it? Realistically, I, 
I'd fight in, the, in in a cage for a living. Some people would probably argue that's not the most you know sensible, healthiest thing to do. But you know, again, I'm not I'm not going to live in fear of, of what could happen and what should happen. I'll, I'll just take take it as it comes. Oh, Dad, give me a minute. There's someone at yeah. the door. I'm going to tell oh, them. Oh, that's right. Sorry, man. <laughs> that's all right, mate. Was it Boris? He, no, he's been listening. He's been Boris listening. He come to arrest me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was the trip like then to the Middle East? I saw that you got a slightly better um, seat on the plane than than old Dicky. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good trip. Um, it was a t- well, I say it was a, it was a good trip and a good experience, but it was a tough one. It was probably the toughest. Um, the toughest fight week I've had, in all honesty, um, just because of the the circumstances. Like, you know, we had the so we had to go to London to be tested. We had to spend two days in an hotel room on my own. So, you know, no real chance at training, pad work wise. Just literally shallow boxing and skipping in the room for two days. Obviously, travelled to Abu Dhabi for a day then, um, and I've got. I'm lucky that my old man can come in the room with me, but still, we had to spend uh, two days in the room isolating. I mean, we could do pads and stuff like that, but in hindsight, you know, you look, look at look at that in the sense of 10 days out from a fight, you've got to spend five days locked in a room, not really training. So it was a tough one. Um, the heat as well, obviously, factored in and the fact that we had to run on the American time zone. So we were sort of uh, sleep, sleeping through the most part of the day then and, and, and gearing up, you know, late afternoon and, and, and training through the evening and through the night. So it was a tough one mentally, but... You know, we we did it, and it's 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 all about experiences at the end of the day. You know, if I can come through that one and, and still perform, then I'm confident now. You know, a, your box standard fight week shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, like, I suppose. Um, like I was listening then, and I was thinking, fucking hell, like the American. I thought it at the time, like the American time zone thing, and I was thinking, fucking hell, like that's got to be shit for the fighters. But at the same time, you're both in the same. Yeah, uh, but, you're both in the same. What's the what, what's the word I'm looking for? Same boat. Same boat. There we go. Um, yeah, you're both in the same boat. And can I just say that what a cracking performance, mate! Like uh, as a mate, what a cracking performance! I, I watched it. Um, I will say I was a bit because I, I didn't know the guy. I sort of looked him up a little bit before the fight, and I was a bit like. Uh, I'm always confident when 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 best mates fight in. I'm always confident, but because I didn't know anything about him, I was thinking, "Oh shit, this could be." And also, I, I, it didn't help that the day before, um, I, I was on Twitter and I saw old matey boy calling you out for not not accepting a fight with his corner guy. I t- oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, I, and the the reason that came, I got an email that said, in case you missed it, from Richard Shaw. And I was like, oh, let's have a look. Clicked on it. And um, obviously, Shaky had put, well, this is bo- basically, this is bollocks. Like, what are you talking about? I was reading through the comments, reading through the comments. And then I obviously saw him fight Aldo, and I was like, oh, fucking hell. 
that was in my head. Then I'm like, oh, Jack's fighting tonight. <laughs> what, watched it. And what a performance, mate. Yeah, it was... Like, honestly, like you, like you said, it was, it was a hard build-up to it. It's a weird circumstance. But pretty much flawless. Uh, there was absolutely... Anything that he did, it almost seemed like... And I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, But, you know, like the Anderson Silva, when he got in the... It, when they said he's in the Matrix, and anything that anybody was throwing at him, it was like he already knew what was coming. Like the Superman punch that the guy threw at you. It was like you knew that was coming, and already the double leg was 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 already in place. And it was... I'll say it. I, I was proud watching that. I was like, <laughs> good lad. Because the pressure was mounting up. Like Dan Hardy was saying great things about you in the build-up. Like I texted you to know. I was like, Bisping is blowing smoke up your ass, mate. <laughs> big oh, oh, fucking Big Mickey is... And I was, uh, I was like, good lad. What a fucking... Well done. And I don't know if anyone's actually said that to you because everyone's <laughs> obviously like, great fight, mate, great fight. But fucking well done, mate. That, yeah. that... Was it was incredible. one of them. It was, uh, it was a fit, like it was a good, it was a good night at the office. Like that everything sort of went to plan. And to be honest, I am, I always say it. I'm one of those who, who performs better, sort of, when there's more pressure, and probably when I know less about the guy. Um, you know, going in there realistically on two weeks' notice. You know, I'd already done my last, or I'd done one spa in preparation for this guy. That's that's sort of how close to the. To the fight they got booked. So realistically, it was one of them. Look, Parker and, and my old man, obviously, were just saying, just go out there and and just fight and 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 sort of lay lay your instincts, just take over and and you know you'll 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 take it as it comes. You know, he said they say there's no point in saying go and strike with him and or go and wrestling because naturally, if if he rushes you or closes the distance, you'll do that anyway. And obviously, yep. in the second round, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, it was one of them. It wasn't an easy fight, like. You know, some some of the boys have had replacements on, on the cards, and they haven't been great opponents. Whereas, tr- trust trust them for my yeah, they put out a guy who was used to be in the UFC, who who've just blasted out six straight six straight yeah. wins, like four finishes, and thought yeah, tank chuck tank in with him, <laughs> like six like five five foot nine on, no big big long frame on him, big awkward southpaw. But you know, it's one of them at the end of the day. Like I always say to people, you've got you've got to be ready to fight, you know, the best in the world, um, at, at the drop of an hat in the UFC. That's the type of business it is, um, especially in the current climate with like the pullouts and the the COVID tests and stuff like that. Um, so I, I was ready to go. I mean, like like you said about that tweet, um, it was just it was pure bullshit because, you know, I don't I don't have it doesn't work and like people seem to have this like thing that they sort of send you ten names as like you go pick pick, pick one. Pick one. It's like no, they 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 rang me and said, look, Pete. Um, they said DeSantos is out. This guy's in. Contracts. The contracts on his way, and he was signed, sealed, and sent back well, within twenty minutes of knowing. You know, literally, I had time to check. Then you had time to watch him fight. I had time to check his record on. Um, well, his record on Sherdog was like six and three. So I was like, oh the fuck, there's a guy six. And then <laughs> I went on tap all yeah, and, and it was like uh, his last six fights was missing on there. So, it's you know. It's one of them fight this fight, and you got oh, I've had, you know that dog. Yeah, yeah. My little, my little guard dog, there. His little Bijan cross shit soon. He's act, out there acting tough now. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, fight this fight, and 
at the end of the day, if you want to be one of the guys who pick and choose your opponents and, and pick all the easy fights, you, you'll get found out in the end. Um, and that's why, for all the stick I might have had online over the years coming up, you know, he's a nice job, he's just, he's that. It's all come out in the wash because they all look stupid now because the reality of it, I wasn't being picked and chosen opponents. I was fighting whoever they were putting in front of me. And now they're seeing that whether you put a, a European guy you've never heard of or whether you put an elite level guy from the UFC in there, you know, I turn up and fight the same way and, 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 and keep rising to the occasion. Well, that's the thing, mate, because like, you've, you've had quite a few changes of opponents at very short notice. And it all ends up the same way. They seem to be belly down with you throttling them until yeah. they, till they cease to be anymore. Well, <laughs> I look back, even just on my pro career, like just off the top of my head, like I remember the, my first fight in Cage Warriors, I had an opponent change two weeks out. Um, when I fought Conman Day, who was like the most dangerous fighter at the time, that didn't get matched up till three weeks out because, because of they couldn't get me an opponent or whatever. Um, when I fought for the for the oh when I knocked the Italian guy out he jumped in on four days' notice because the guy yeah. pulled. Um, when I was meant to fight for the belt the Brazilian jumped in on a day's notice. Um, go back to the UFC debut I was meant to fight Brian Kell at the start then no Noeline came in on four days' notice um, and then obviously th this last charade on the last one so yeah. I ain't asked. I mean, look, I'm used to pullouts by now. I, I, I never have a straightforward matchup 12 weeks in advance, and that's who I'm fighting. I think about it once with um, with Ek and Dale and Malone. They had the two fights where I, I, I you know, it went a full camp that the, the opponent didn't change, you know, against a tough opponent. So whoever they put in front of me, I'll I'll just find a way to beat them. It's not like I'm uh, I don't I don't dissect and and watch hours of footage on someone to, to get a gauge on what I need to do. And I've been doing it long enough now where I can watch a little bit of tape and think, right, well, this, this, this is our clear path to victory. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was the thing with the, with the two lads that you mentioned in Cage Warriors. I, I was at those fights and it ended up exactly the same as your last fight. That's they, it. And, and the thing is, like, like a, a criticism might be that, and this is a funny criticism, because if it's, if it is a genuine criticism, it's the worst criticism of all time, is um, I heard, I think, it, I think it was Bisping, it was either Bisping or Hardy said, he's the, uh, the, the Welsh, or no, the British GSP. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I've had worse comparisons in my life, I can imagine you thinking in your head. But the thing is, like, what a lot of armchair fans don't understand is the whole point of a fight is to win it. It doesn't matter how you win it. Matter how. So, so if it's working, don't fix it. It's fine. It's it's absolutely fine. And when I say if it's working, it is working, and it works against everybody. Therefore, well, you'll be champ in no time. I reckon. I reckon. Hey, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, you're bang on. Like, uh, good, even going off topic, the sort of um, like like a lot of people are questioning. Brett's performance on the weekend, and, and I, I keep saying to people, when you're in the UFC, a win means double your money. So, a win or a loss, if you who, who is who is like criticizing Brett's performance? Nobody, that's who. But if you lose, you lose half your money. So this is why I always say to people, the the the, the ultimate goal is to is to just win. Mm -hmm. Whether whether you look like a superstar doing it or a, a, a phenom. 
But whether you look average or, or whether look, you've got to grind it out for three rounds, whether it's a three-round war or three-round domination, the goal is to win. If you keep winning, you'll make more money. And then the more wins you rack up, the better contract you're going to have. So as long as you keep winning, okay. And that belt around your waist as well, isn't it? It's like what? that's it. That's it. It's like we don't we don't care how we win as long as we win. That that's always been the the motto. If we go win on the feet or on the ground, or if we go have a war, if we go dominate, or if we go play it safe, as long as we win, that that's what we came to do. Well, yeah, and the thing about um, mixed martial arts as well is that it, it's it is well, it's scary sometimes. You see some of the knockouts and. Um, even some of the submissions, like I can't remember which girl it was, but um, she did the old rip, rip the leg out of the the hip submission, which I'm obviously oh, not that familiar. I, I don't even know what that's called, but it looked awful. Um, I mean, that's great. That's as that's as good as seeing um, Francis Ngannou knock Overeem's head off yeah, into exactly. another dimension. But at the same time, if you watch enough mixed martial arts, it's a bit like if you're a footy fan or a rugby fan. Like you can, you can, you can watch Wales when they're playing amazing, or you can see something that Wales do. For an example, in a Six Nations where they maybe don't win it, and you go, "That was good performance, though." And when you're watching mixed martial arts, you see, um, you see someone like Brett just grind out a win, and you're like, "Yeah, but that's just as good because yeah, you enjoy because you enjoy the sport." But then you get some dickhead who's on Twitter going, "Boring." It's like, "Ah, oh, come on." Man. But look, it's always the guys, right? It's always the guys with. No profile picture and three followers. They got the egg. They got them off to say. Then they're probably the guys who sat there working a boring night to five, wish wishing they had the bottle to to just go to a, go go to a, do a jujitsu class, not even get in yeah. there, beat, but they haven't got it. So what they do is is make up a fake profile and take shots of people online, and you know, <laughs> you see people like um Pat, I was speaking to Paddy Pimblet on, on his podcast, and yeah. he'll sit there and argue with them all day. And uh, I said, I don't know how we've got the time or the energy for it because I find myself sometimes if I'm having a, a day where I'm in a bit of a mood, I'll type out a reply and I'll look and I think, you know what? Don't bother. Don't even give them the fucking time because that's what they want. That's yeah. what they want. They want they want a bit of a bite and they can say, oh, I had him bite them. But because in the, rea- in the sad reality is that's all they got going on in their life. They got nothing else going on other than the fact they're trying to give fighters and football players and rugby players a bit of jip on Twitter. And they would never do it on Facebook because that, that would you mean can see who they are. See who they are and where they live. I think they should bring in a thing on Twitter where you've got to confirm your, your address and and your actual identity to get an account, and then and then we'd soon see all the trolling stop. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was having a conversation with uh, with my little one yesterday about um, about social media because she's getting to that sort of age now. She's twelve, thirteen. She's got an Instagram account, and I was just saying that. Um, where, on my regular Instagram, if I post a picture, it's usually got either a really well thought out thing about what I've taken a photo of, or it's a sarcastic thing because I can't be asked anymore. It's like, here's my dog in a field. But when it comes to uh, podcast stuff, I've stopped all comments. I just, I've turned them off. Yeah. And that's because, A, like I'm talking to the person because I want to talk to them. B, I'm putting it out there because I want friends, family, to know I've spoken to somebody. And see, I don't want any of the above, if they don't like the person, to be commenting on that person. Like, if you've got a problem with that person, 
Speak to him about it. What's the old, uh, the old saying in there? Uh, if you've got nothing nice to say, say, don't say anything at all. Say anything at all, and that's you might not like if you don't like someone or like the way they think or like the way they act, and 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 you've got that much of an issue with it. Speak to them in person. You know, don't, you don't need to start going at them online. It's easy to drop an Instagram comment. You know, it, even little shit like you know. Um, I watched uh, I watched Dustin Poirier fight um, Dan Upper a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When they've slugged it out, these two guys for for twenty five minutes, put 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 brain cells on the line. Then, if you want to look at it on the bigger picture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Muppets online and on Facebook commenting like, "Yeah, well, Poirier might have won, but McGregor sparked him out and bounced his head off the." And it's like, what Fuck the fuck? So what? ridiculous dad probably arguably the fight of the year but let's let's not give him no credit for that because McGregor the biggest hit in featherweight of all time knocked him out seven years or six years ago what are you talking about like fucking ridiculous go back to your factory line isn't it just just shut up if you don't alright you love McGregor or or you or you love fucking John Jones or, you, or you're not a Dustin Poirier fan but don't like don't try and take the shine off, off the fact that he just banged it out for 25 minutes for one of the best fights you've ever seen. Nah, it don't matter, though, because McGregor put him to sleep fucking six years ago. Oh, well done. Credit to McGregor. You know, that's not me. Like, I'm not McGregor. Right? I love Conor McGregor, but like that, that's like saying, you know, Conor, Conor McGregor comes back now and, and saying knocks Khabib out cold. Wins the belt. Is it going? Yeah, well, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather done him. Not in a boxing fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's so hard. That, well, just give the guys, give him a bit of credit, a bit of respect. Like you know, it's just because it's out there for everyone to see. I, I think people need to just think about what they can't in a little bit more. Like there's no need for the for the the arrogance and the disrespect sometimes that people show in these fighters who are ultimately, you know, potentially sacrificing their life. For your entertainment, you know, I get they get paid well and, and whatever and what have you, but look at the bigger picture, you know, to show a bit of respect. Same with same with any sport, football, rugby. You know, it's easy to sit, it's easy for yeah. me to sit on a settee and say, "Well, Wales done wrong and why they lost to England in the rugby." But reality is, I don't have a fucking clue. And if you if you said to me, "We're going into something about it," I wouldn't even know where to start. I, so you know, to, to keep that in mind when when you're watching the fighting. I think um, that was a perfect segue. What a rant, by the way. Um, perfect segue into uh, what I texted you about yesterday. So I know, um, well, you know, obviously know my brother. Uh, you've done a couple of podcasts with him. Yeah. So one of his overrated, and he was adamant about this, Nate Diaz. Nate, uh, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would spark an interest. Sean reckons Nate Diaz is massively overrated. That he, um, because of his reputation, he gets to he gets the big fights and most of the time doesn't do very well. I, I'm with you on this one, by I'm the way. Shut that down straight away, right? Because I can't let that slide. Can I? Can I? Oh no, I can't because I've got headphones in. I was going to record your thing and send it to him live. So, right. What I'm saying is this: the reason Nick Diaz have got the reputation he've got is because. Go back to when he fought McGregor the first time. Similar to Masvidal on the weekend. At the time, McGregor is the biggest star in the sport. Knocking everybody out. About to make history. Who steps in on, what was it, 14 days notice? No one else. Nate Diaz steps in. And at the time where he's untouchable, took him out. 
Yeah. And look, isn't it he has the best fight uh, to ever live? No. He's probably not even top 10, realistically. But if you want to, in an, in an, in an MMA sports environment, yeah, but the same stance with my neck. You take, take away doctors for the cuts mm-hmm. and let's take away time limit and let's take away points. So we, we fight to the finish over no time limit and, and you know, take away the, the cut stoppage and stuff like that. There's not many going to beat Nick and Nate Diaz because... I agree with you, mate. They, I, they, I'm a massive fan of both of them. And they're very similar to Masvidal is, is, is cut from the same cloth. If they, if they got to sit there and fight you for three hours till one of your lights get shut out, that's what they'll do. And you're not going to mm-hmm. out cardio them. You might outpoint them and, and you might gash them up and mark them up. You know, maybe like like a GSP Nick Diaz, and yeah, GSP will probably do that to Nick Diaz all day, but and, and and probably come a point where he does probably sub him. But other than that, like you know, there's not you don't see many like the Masvidal fight uh, when when Nate blasted him up for three rounds, like obliterated him. But if you take away the the five round limit and the cuts, you know, if you let him fight for ten rounds or fifteen rounds or twenty rounds. Would you think it'd still be there at the end? That's that's my argument. That's I'm not ever saying Nate Diaz is the best skillful MMA fighter in the world, but as far as real fighters go and, and f- fight to the death and, and fight till they can't fight no more, then he, he's probably one of the best of all. You know, if you put it back to UFC one rules, Nate Diaz will, will beat a lot of people in my opinion. Yeah, I think at different weight classes as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, and the pair of them don't give a fuck. They're all bouncing up and down and <laughs> yeah. partying and this and that. So, you well, know. I think, I think um, for me, that's that's part of the fun of MMA, though, is you do get, like, you get someone like yourself, like, very skilled, great fight IQ, etc. But you're never going to be like Nate and Nick. You're never yeah. going to run your mouth. You're never going to, well, you, I mean, you might, but I mean, in terms of how I know you, you're a model professional. You take your job very seriously, and you do like you've already said. You do what you do to get the W. Whereas those guys give a fuck. No, um, they, they're, they're, they're doing a triathlon yesterday, and today they're going to go for twenty-five rounds. Yeah, they're not. They're not coming out to beat you on points. They're coming, no. out, they're coming out to fight you. You know, they're not coming out to outsmart you, and they're coming out to have a fight and and try and finish you off. And that's the game. Like you know, watch Nick Diaz and GSP like. Everyone knew GSP was going to do what he did, take him down for five rounds. But Nick just yeah. comes out swinging, hasn't trained any wrestling, and just thought, oh, I'll, try and, I'll try and sub him off my back because that, that's yeah. how their mind works. And, uh, and from, again, going back to like the people that, um, that, that chat shit all the time, for me, that's why MMA is great. Because like, if it was just like Jack Shaw against Jack Shaw, Sorry, that's a bit like watching boxing. I I prefer MMA because of the different characters you get. Yeah, well, like you it. get you get a Masvidal versus uh, Usman, and you and, and and the thing with that is it's always like oh, like on pay, like MMA maths, Usman should do this easy, but Masvidal is really work. fucking unpredictable. <laughs> and yeah. he's gonna fly and knee his head off, the and best. that's what. That's the best point. example of that is the Nate Diaz Conor McGregor. Yeah, exactly. Trainer, McGregor should starch him every single time, but Styles make fights. You know, yeah. McGregor got that that thunderbolt of a left hand. He's going if he catches nine out of ten people, he's gonna knock them out. But unfortunately, Nate Diaz is that one out of ten person who you're probably not gonna knock out unless you hit him with a fucking baseball bat when you end looking. So yeah. 
styles make fights. It's the same as Masvidal. Look back to Masvidal and um, Ben Askren. Like realistically, on paper, Masvidal have always struggled against guys who you know, like Damian Maya, who clinched him and took him down and outpointed him. So on paper, Ben Askren. They, I think they and they they probably viewed it as that UFC. I think they put it in there thinking, you know, Askren will wrestle him. Maybe Askren was, I think, the. Uh... And bang! Five seconds later, it's, it's game over, and you know, I turned Masvidal into a superstar then, and, and then the Nate Diaz fight turned into a big, even bigger superstar. So it's all about styles, you know. Styles make fights. That's that's the. There's no in MMA. There's never unless you come across someone like a GSP. Who's, who's a once in a lifetime fighter? There's never a clear cut. You know this guy's gonna win because you know it's always it's always about styles, especially at the minute in MMA where the levels just going up and up and up. You you never you never know what way a fight is gonna go at the top level. Yeah, and it doesn't come around just once in a lifetime, Jack, because uh, you're the Welsh GSP. <laughs> that was so funny. I I literally giggled when I heard that. I was like, uh, I also giggled about. Um, so when you have you watched the fight back on Fight Pass? Uh, yeah, I watched it once. So when you walk down, it's Jack Shaw, Abergavenny. Gavenny, yeah. I tell you why that. that and comes. and then when you were in the cage and Bruce is about to do his bit. Yeah, Bruce said Abertaleri, didn't he? Abertaleri. Yeah. And then Michael Risping says. Ah, uh, he's pronounced that wrong because they spell things funny in Wales. I know. And for all you Americans that don't know that, the Welsh have got a funny, funny way of spelling things. I was like, yeah, but he's just said where Jack's actually from. Oh yeah. So the, <laughs> it comes, what it is, the reason it says, like the reason it says when I walk out Abergavenny is because on my passport, because I was born in Neville oh. Hospital in yeah. Abergavenny, that's where it comes up. But I did tell him to correct it this time, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them off because they banged out four shows on an island in the middle of nowhere in the space of like seven weeks, so they can have it this time. But I'll be raising the issue next time. When I walk out, let's make sure it says Ab Leary, South Wales. Yeah. You've you got to rep the town. There's not, there's not many people uh, repping Ab Leary on a world stage, so i I, I got to rep the town every chance I get. Well, I tell you what, mate. I did see on Facebook one of your best mates put up a, a statistic, didn't they? There's is there sixteen UK fighters in the UFC and yeah. three of them are fighting out of Abertillery, Wales. So yes. what was that? What was the percent? There was a pretty high percent. Nineteen percent, I think. Nineteen percent. I know. Brett, I know. Brett John is a Swansea boy, but he trains in Abertillery. So we, uh, we unfortunately for Brett, he's been claimed now. So well, isn't it one of those things where where Bruce would say from Swansea, Wales, fighting by way of Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so yeah, we were clean, Brett. No problem at all. Um, so to segue a, a little bit away from MMA, because as much as I could sit here and chat for ages, I'm sure my one and a half listeners that I probably got now, because that somebody would know you. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm trying my best with within this podcast to to bring in a few things. I texted you about one yesterday, but there's going to be Another one that I'm going to just slam on you right now, yeah. which is um, a irrational fear you had as a child and that you look back and you go, well, that was silly. Why was I scared of that? So I'll give you an example. Um, I gave Sean an example of something that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. 
Um, and I'm going to give you one of Sean's examples, which was that when he was in like sort of year three or four, he remembers um, somebody telling him that there was a ghost that lives in the, the pipes in your house. And the reason that you would know that that ghost is coming around is, you know, when you put the heating on and you can hear yeah. the pipe going ding, 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 yeah. that, that means that the ghost, which is called pipes, 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 is, the pipes, the ghost is coming. Sean was fucking petrified. I mean, I'm a bit scared now every time I hear the pipes kicking in. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, cause I, I was a big scaredy cat when I was a kid. I never let on. But anybody would tell me anything slightly scary. You know, like ghost stories and that. They yeah, believe it. Oh, God. I still think now, like, if I watch something like Vampire Diaries on Netflix. That's a I, good watch, by the way. Yeah, I struggled to sit in the garden then because every noise I hear, I'm like, oh, ooh, maybe. Maybe it's real. <laughs> I'm fucking nearly 40. What am I doing? But like, so God, Tank, you got any? Yeah, so, right, I'll give you two, right? Because I got one as a kid and I got one when I was a bit older. So I don't know where this came from or, or what, but I always remember, right, when, when I was a kid, so probably talking like six, seven years of age, you know, like you'd be in the car with your old man and you know, you know, they like, they always pull up, like running the chip shop or running yeah. Tesco's or run, running the cash point. And they always, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, wait, wait, you're now, I'll be five minutes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, but as a kid, right, when he'd lock that car door, I would start to fucking wipe out big time. Start, <laughs> start welling up, my heart would be pumping. And like, I'd be looking back, I'm like, why, I don't know, because I wouldn't like, I wouldn't scare the cars or nothing like that. But it's just like, it'd be, it wouldn't even be night, it'd be like the middle of the day, like you pop, I always remember popping in like, it was quick, remember quick save? Yeah, a quick save, yeah. In quick save in town, so he parks outside, and I'm sat there now, and he's like, oh, I'll be two minutes now, just wait, it was like a Christmas Christmas Eve or something like that, and I'm sat there shitting myself. Like, <laughs> well, because you're thinking he's not going to come back? I don't, know, I don't know if I was thinking he won't come back, or if someone's going to take the car off, like, like, look, like, thinking back, I can't ever, like, remember why I was scared of it, or... You were just scared. That, but I can just remember that I would hate the thought of being locked in, like, and then even, like... I'd be in the in the car with my with my friends and their old man like going kickboxing or football and they'd do the same thing like oh wait you and me and my buddy would be in the car like and he wouldn't scare at all I'd be sat there thinking fuck 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 <laughs> I can't ever remember I can't ever remember why but um, that is perfect tank honestly that is absolutely perfect because that is exactly what I want for this little segment of I my podcast that's I exactly what it's silly. And uh, another one, a little bit more like you could probably relate to, is I remember we was watching um, Limit, the Insidious films. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember watching the first one when I was 16, and I just remember never, I've never been so petrified in all my life as, as I was, because there was all this buzz about this film. And I was like, I'm not, I wasn't, I don't mind an horror film now, but I wasn't big into horror films at the time. So me and all the boys went up my mate's house, there about 10 of us, and we had a copy, like the old copy DVD. Yeah, yeah. Time, and we watched it, and we was all fucking petrified. I remember going home and um, I remember I think I slept my lamp on for two nights. I had a baseball bat. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know what, why I thought like a baseball bat was going to do to some team and not some ghost, but uh, I remember I didn't sleep tidy for about <laughs> three, four days. I couldn't <laughs> sleep thinking of this fucking film. So even to this day, if I watch Insidious 1 for whatever reason, I. It, it still brings back those little like, Ugh, oh, and, and yeah. like, like I want to am watching it like this, like yeah, look, yeah. Look in. I um, it's it's quite funny because I I'll, I'll watch any 
serial ca- anything that really happens, I can watch and I can rationalize. But yes. if it's if it's slightly demonic or um, something where my imagination g- can get yeah. to, yeah, but what if? Yeah, well, then- I'm exactly the same. Like my uh, me and my missus got a thing. Like we we'll watch every now and then we'll go to the, the cinema and watch an horror film. And she hates like the slashers, so you know, like Halloween and um, yeah, uh, what's the other one? Friday the Thirteenth. She's petrified and she wants. She hates Halloween, Michael Myers. But like in my head, I'm thinking, if Michael Myers turned up at the house, double leg. With him, <laughs> like, this is why I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking, if I if it had to come down to the point where we had to a one on one, I got more chance of beating Michael Myers up than I have some fucking demon. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can't physically assault a demon. If Michael Myers comes at me, I'm just going to swing a big overhand, right? Hopefully <laughs> I can neutralise the big machete in his hand and, and, and oh. talk him out or something. But you can't, do that. you can't do that to a demon who's climbing the walls and in your dreams. So that's like, she don't mind the, she don't mind the, like the insidiouses and the paranormal activity, whereas I'm a little bitch of them. But it, like, and then we switch the roles in on the slashers film. She's like petrified. Whereas I'm like, oh, I couldn't, I, I don't care, care much for Michael Myers. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is, ex- that is exactly what I wanted for that section of my podcast because what you just said, I could have said exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, so my mates or guys that I work with, anything like that, oh, have you seen this film? I'm like, no. Oh, do you want to come and, oh, the, the new It is out. No, I'm not going to watch it. Why? Two reasons. One, I don't like being scared. And two, I don't like being sad. And if I, so I'm not going to watch like Marley and Me. Oh, let's let's sit down and watch Marley and Me. No, 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 a dog dies. That makes me sad. I'm not watching that. Yeah. Or I'll watch it, and I'm petrified for a week, probably longer, probably for the rest of my life. Well, listen, I, I, got, so, uh, so I just I just go. Nah, I, do you know what? I'm going to watch Aladdin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I got like a weird pleasure with the horror films because I generally don't really enjoy them. Like I watch them, and I can't honestly say that I enjoy watching them. But if I see like if the if truth my mate truth tags me in like a trailer for one, like it then for example, when, when I came out and I watched the trailer, and, and we was like we're gonna have to go watch it now because we've seen the trailer. Like so, <laughs> I didn't really want to watch it, and then I was another one. Like I was fucking dreaming about the clown and all that, but <laughs> I had to. I had to go watch it, and I had to go and watch number two, <coughs> just just to say I watched it. Really. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. I just rather. Sp- have you seen? No. Why? No. Don't not- like being. Don't like being scared. Don't like being sad. So I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm. I'm really hoping this next bit you have got some belters for me. So I want. First of all, I want an underrated from right, Tank Shaw. Underrated. Um. I struggle to underrate it just to think on the spot, but one uh, I'll keep it because you're a chef. I'll keep it on the on the food. Keep on the food. It's e- food's easy. Cause... Yeah. So me and my friend uh, Big Big Ron, right? He's a, he's a he's a just by telling his name Big Ron, you can always understand he loves his grub. Yeah. And um, we're all about the, the carb on carb. Ah, uh, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, massively underrated food is a carb sandwich. So whether that be a slice of pizza in some in some bread, I saw it, this. You, you, be, you mentioned this recently, didn't you? Yeah, whether it be a pizza sandwich, spag I saw ball, that. spag ball, chucking in the bread. I can get on that. Super noodles, pot noodles. I'm trying to think what other ones I've done. Um, 
Do you, do you know what my brother loves? Curry, like chicken curry and rice, banana and a bit of bread. Do you know what Sean likes? Massively he likes, under, massively he likes a mashed potato sandwich. <laughs> That's a, massively underrated is a pasta sandwich or a pizza sandwich. Okay, I can um, I can't really argue with you. Even I've got I've got weird things with sandwiches. Like I can't get on board a fish finger sandwich. I just can't. I tell you another thing that's underrated. Red sauce. Ketchup. Ketchup. Everyone slagged it off. Oh, it's a kid's condiment and it's for my, like my missus, I put red sauce on something and she's looking at me disgusted. Let me tell you, right? You won't beat red sauce on the bait. No, like a pizza, something like that. Red sauce all day. You have a burger, red sauce. Chip, mm. red sauce. Again, can't disagree with you there, Tank. I can't. No. On red sauce. I grew up on red sauce, and I'll continue to go up on red sauce. <laughs> where do you keep it? In the fridge or the? No, the not cupboard? Keep it in the fridge. Mayo in the fridge, red sauce in the cupboard. Ah, uh, there we go. There is gospel. Right, so overrated. Easy. This one was. This one was easy. Overrated hot drinks. Hot drinks. Hot drinks. One thing that rubs me up the wrong way fucking kills me. I see it online all the time. I'll oh, bust in for my morning coffee or not can't function right about this. Picture of a Costa cup or in Starbucks cup. Drives me insane. Drives me insane. This is brilliant, honestly. Right? Best underrated, overrated ever, by the way. Five, six years ago, no one no one under the age of twenty-eight was was gloating about having a hot drink. Whereas now it's like, oh, just woke up, best poster pitch, best poster picture of my hot drink. Like, it'll be the middle of summer, people get up in the morning, oh, let's have a hot drink. Oh, wouldn't you rather a glass of water, a glass of orange juice, or a glass of squash, something like that, something refreshing? <laughs> Latte or whatever. I've never, never, gospel, never, ever had a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or an hot chocolate or anything like that ever in my life. In fact, the smell of someone making a cup of tea and watching someone drink a cup of tea will put me off them. I gotta, I gotta leave, I can't be around it. Especially when I <laughs> you can't be around it. My missus have a cup of tea. I got like I got to shut off from it because it it drive me insane. And my old man's the worst. My old man will have like like when we was away in Abu Dhabi, there was a coffee machine in the room, and he's like a coffee addict. He was having like probably six or seven a day, and the smell of it was drive like I was like oh my god. I like, <laughs> drink ass was away from me. I I ate it. I any hot drink, I just despise it. So that's my overrated. Tea, coffee, or chocolate, Costa, Starbucks, anything like that. Get it out of my life. <laughs> That's brilliant. Honestly, Tag, I, I was literally that. I I wasn't expecting that at all. Honestly, as oh, a, as, a, as a fighter, I was expecting you to be coffee first thing. And it's always the fighters as well. Like when it went, like yeah. when, I, when I met up with my nutritionist, he was like when I first met him, he was like, oh look. I don't know why you like with hot drinks. We can only have black coffee, and I was like, I no, I don't want any. I don't even want. I don't want any sort of hot drink. Like water, water and a bit of squash will do me fine. Like yeah, yeah, perfect. I um, I I do like a coffee, but I do only have it black. Um, funny story about that though is um, I I spoke to a guy on episode three called Michael Blevins, and he's he trained uh, Henry Carville for Superman. The guys from 300, um, stunt crews, all, uh, Jason Momoa. But his sort of mentor, but also now one of his best mates, 
um, was an extreme alpinist. So he, he, he's climbed stuff that nobody else has ever climbed again. Um, and used to do it all, do they call it free climbing or free soloing? So no ropes. Just, yeah. just, I'm just going to climb this ice wall now. Um, and he, in one of his books, it says, um, like, cut your hair. Don't worry about the gray. Uh, anybody that, um, anybody that is worth having around won't care anyway. Take your coffee, drink it black, and feel the caffeine. So ever since I read that paragraph, I was always like, that's how I take coffee now. That's how I've got... The reason this this podcast is called Obsessive Conversive is because I've got a very funny brain yeah. that, that, that thinks about things. I can relate to certain things, but also then I'll, I'll read one thing, and I think that that's gospel. That's what I have to do. So my coffee's always black. And one thing I can't get on board with, on the hot drinks thing, hot Ribena. No, but that's anything on anything on. Scrap it. Get rid of it. Do you like a cup of soup? No. 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 I don't. I like soup, but not a cup of soup. I would never. So why? would you put a cup of soup in a bowl, and that would be okay? No, because it's called a cup of soup. <laughs> like, it's got to be thick. Like it's got to taste like food. I couldn't just like slurp it down. Like you go to Greg's and you see people in the morning and oh, I'll have a tomato soup. It's just not soup. It's it's not soup. It's it's all it's tomato sauce basically. Eat it up so it's thin so you can drink it. No, anything like that is, is gonna be gone. I can't do it. Well, I've got an, an ongoing um, funny little conversation with uh, Burf that I work with. You know, Adam Burford, yeah. and um, that is that I like tomato juice. Right. And he he can't get on board with that. He's like, no, that's just. Passata, which is basically for those of you that aren't a chef, that's like skimmed, yeah, yeah. Um, like tin tomatoes that you get. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I quite like that. And he's like, no, it should be like a, it should be a tomato soup then, or put in a chili or a bolognese or something, because you're not just going to open a can of tomatoes and, and drink them. And I, well, I get what you're saying, but I still like it. So we then got onto gazpacho soup which is a cold tomato soup that Italians drink. And he was like, no, it can fuck off, mate. He says, as much as I am a chef, that soup can fuck off. That's literally just essentially ketchup in a bowl. Yeah, it's thin. It's with thin. a basil leaf on it. Yeah, no. Nah. I agree with him. I'm, I'm, I'm all in with him, mate. I couldn't, nah, I couldn't do it. Tell you what I don't like, which is mental. If I like tomato juice, carrot juice. No. Any juice like that, to be honest. Orange juice is about, is about as far as I'll go. Apple juice? Uh, orange juice, apple juice. Um, stuff that should be juice then, basically. Stuff sweet stuff, yeah. Not like, I don't know, not like <laughs> tomato and carrot and all that. I, I don't know how I know that I like tomato juice, because normally that would be something that I'd be like, no, don't put that in a glass and put it in front of me. For some reason, I tried it one time, and I was like, actually, oh, I, I quite like, like that. But I like, <laughs> but I really like tomatoes. So it might be something to do with that, but I can't get my head, like carrot cake. Don't put that in front of me. No, Carrots don't go in cakes. No, not for me. I'm, very sim I'm a very simple man when it comes to stuff like that. So don't, don't try and put stuff in, like you said, carrots don't belong in cakes, and tomato juice don't belong in a glass to drink. I, as much as I agree with you because i do agree 
but I can drink a glass of tomato juice. I can't. <laughs> and, I, and I like it. But this is, this is almost perfect because this is what... So I was talking to Sean the other day. Uh, he came on as, as an episode of the podcast and I said to him about um, silly things that my brain does to me. So if I see somebody walking down the street and they've got a pair of shorts on, but a long sleeve T-shirt, my brain is screaming. It's like, choose, choose, wear short sleeves. And Sean pointed out then, he said, hang on, are you wearing shorts and a hoodie? And I was like, yeah. That's not the same. I, I am, I am. I'm a, I'm a walking contradiction in, in myself because it's not cold enough out, like outside. It wasn't cold enough for me to not be wearing shorts. But when I sat down to do the podcast, I was a bit chilly. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, honestly. And that, honestly, that underrated, overrated was perfect because that, I couldn't help but laugh then because that is genuinely... And anybody that's listening, please like Instagram me, tweet me, email me, text me, anything that Tank has said in that section that you either massively agree with or massively oppose, because I want to discuss it on my next episode. John, John Instagram me trying to turn me on to watch drinks in the class. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Like, imagine if I had any sort of audience, and then all of a sudden this goes out tomorrow. Oh, wow, so, what do you mean you don't like a hot chocolate? Block, block, <laughs> block. Don't I, need negativity. Oh yeah, that's that's one thing that I want to I want to bring in. There was um, a friend of mine when I was um, when I first started my gym. Well, I say a friend of mine. He started off as a client, became a good friend of mine. But he was brilliant. If we got a terrible picture of him or something that he did that we'd maybe tag him in. We said that he'd sit there and put like silk gloves on, you know, like um, snooker, snooker reps. They put the gloves on to take the ball out. Yeah. He was like that for untagging. Well, yeah. Or blocking. So I, my blocking gloves, I'm going to call them. Yeah. Uh, silk gloves, hang on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I don't... I, I'll tell you what, perfect guest to start this because I've, I've, I briefly have spoke about, my dad lives with me and you live with Shakes, don't you? Well, I did. You did? Moved out? Moved out oh, months ago, yeah. Oh, got your big, boy, big boy pants on now. Yes. Well, you lived with him for a long time, didn't you? Yeah. And, and, and you spend a lot of time with your dad. So um, I want to bring in a, another section called Shit My Dad Does. Shit, my dad, that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was talking, I was actually, I was up until about two o'clock in the morning, this morning, talking to my teenage daughter, who obviously lives with her granddad when he's home. Um, for, for a reference, so anybody that's listening that doesn't actually know me personally, my dad does about a week on, week off in his job. So the week off, he's with me. And my daughter lives with me, so she has to live with her granddad for that week. And I was sat here, and I literally in this seat. And I said, uh, Mops, which is her nick nickname since she, she was born with a lot of hair. So I said, she's a mophead. So she's always been moppy or mop since, since she was born. 
And I said to him, I went, Mops, your granddad has got the worst sense of humour in the world, but he is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, and not on purpose. He doesn't, he doesn't mean to me. It's just stuff he does, and it's, it can be infuriating. It can be so annoying. I'll get, but I'll give you one example. So here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a jingle or something, and we'll, we'll come in with shit my dad does, and you could give me something that Shaky does. Uh, and we'll, we'll literally finish on that, because I know you've only got... Uh, I've got, I got, I got some duties. So here's one for you. Um, and I have started doing this. My, my old man loves a beer. He loves going to the pub. Pub. He's, he's not. He won't, He's not really a, a stay-at-home drinker. He's, he's not going to get crack open a bottle of whiskey or anything like that. Loves going to, going for a pint. But bear in mind what I said. He works for a week. He has a week off. And then he has a week off. So he hits it pretty hard. <laughs> and he'll come home sometimes and. Um, he thinks that nobody's in the house, but sometimes we're hiding. And I'll, I'll then put my phone on video, start recording, and just hold it. Just put my finger over it. So it's, it's basically a voice recording, but it's, it's, it's always better on the iPhone if you do a video. And the other day, I heard what I can only describe as yummy noises coming from the fridge. So he's, just remember how many pints you had at the Liam Gallagher gig. He's probably had that many just on Tuesday. It's on a Tuesday night. Yeah, he's opened the fridge and he's gone, oh, I am a bit peckish. And he's in there and all, uh, hopefully the audio on your computer is as good as it's going to be on the, so you get the full effect. All I can hear is, <clears throat> then I hear, I'm going to take this back to London with me. I was fucking crying upstairs. food. But he thought nobody was there. So he was just like that, mm, 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 making yummy noises in the fridge on his own, a little bit tipsy. And then he announced to himself, he's not talking to anybody else. He's talking to himself. I'm going to take this back to London with me. I was trying upstairs, like trying so hard not to make noise. So he knew <laughs> I was upstairs. And then he just went to bed. That was, that was it. And I, this may sound like fucking stupidity to anybody else, but if you imagine just being sat at the top of your stairs in your house, listening to a grown-ass man... Talking to the fridge. Talking to the fridge. I was like... <laughs> trying to explain that to my 13-year-old, and she was like, that is pretty funny, actually, Dad. That's the... <laughs> Let me... Shakes, shakes, right? Shakes is a booty, and he, as you know, so I could list probably 10 things, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it down to two things, shit that my dad does. So, but speaking of, of being tipsy, right, this, this is the one thing he does, and my mother and my sister are about for this. So, he's not much of a drinker, my old man, right? He's He can't handle his drink. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a puff when it comes to drinking, you know. He, he's lucky He's lucky if he can do maybe four pints without an hangover. And I'm not just I'm not just talking like a bit of a sore I'm talking up the next day. <laughs> when the world's ending... Uh, you know, you know. For example, when when I fought in Belgium, he got pissed up after the fight, and it, we came about ten minutes from me leaving him in the hotel room, and he, <laughs> and he was happy for me to leave him. He's like, "Oh, give me ten minutes. If I end all right, just leave me. I'll get a later flight." That that this is how bad he is about it. 
So what he does though, he, he rather than just admit that he can't drink, right? And he's like, wait, he uh, <laughs> he like just blames every time. It's, it's, it's the drink. He's allergic to the drink or not uh, <laughs> well. So he usually drinks um, lager, right? So for years now he drank lager, and all of a sudden then it was he went on the cider because it wasn't as strong. So he drank a lot of cider one day. Had this terrible hangover. He said, you know what I think it is? I said, what's that? I'm allergic to cider, he said. I said, all oh, right, I'm allergic to cider. Yeah, I'm allergic to cider, that's what it is. So he goes back to drinking lager. You know, he'll have one or two now and then, he's all right. So he, he, he's found out now that he likes Southern Comfort. So I, oh, bought, a bottle of Southern Comfort. I bought a bottle of Southern Comfort for, um, for Father's Day. And um, so he's there. And he loves his Southern Comfort. Like, he, he drank it the one night, no hangover. So, oh, this is the, net, this is the best thing since fucking sliced bread. He drinks it now a couple of nights, about two weeks ago. No, long enough, probably three, four, about two weeks before we flew to Abu Dhabi. Because we was training on the Sunday. So he's on the Southern Comfort now and ice and lemonade the Saturday night. Wakes up the next morning, texts off my mom, he's spewing, he's feeling sorry. <laughs> See him in the gym, he's like, nah, it's our Southern Comfort. Look, you don't agree with me. So he's not drinking Southern Comfort no more now because the Southern Comfort don't agree. And I said, no, you just can't handle your drink. Doesn't matter what you drink, you could drink vodka, Beer. You, he went to a stage. He was drinking um Worthington. That he had an hangover off that. All of a sudden, then he's allergic to that. So that's one thing he does. Rather than just admit defeat that he can't drink, <laughs> he claims that he's either allergic or doesn't react well to him. Yeah, but he does, which is more of an annoying thing. My sister, my sister, um, will vouch this one a little bit more than me. Is if he ring, like you'll ring him and ask you to do like a job then. So he'll be like, can you brush the mats or? Um, you ring up, he'll ring Alice in and you'll be like, can, can you pop down the gym and, and give the gym a, a clean for me? Like, yeah, dad, no problem. So he'll say at the beginning of the ring me up, can you go and clean the gym? Or let's use Alice. Alice, can you go and clean the gym? Yeah, dad, no worries. So, yeah, um, so just brush the mats, mop the mats, um, give the machines a wipe over and give the carpet an over. Yeah, no worries, dad. So you'll, you'll go on there, you'll speak about something else for 30 seconds. Yeah, so when I go down to our gym now, uh, brush the mats, mop the mats, Give the machine wipe over and just over the thing. Yeah, Dad, I know. You just told me. Yeah, what are you doing today now? Yeah, going to work, doing this, doing that. Yeah, right. And so if we just clean our gym, when we go down, just brush the mats, mop the mats, clean the machine, <laughs> move the carpet. And we, well, you told me three times. So that's another thing he does. <laughs> he wants the job done. He gets a little bit, little bit repetitive in uh, in his instruction. So that's that's, yeah. that's the other bit. That's the other thing for the segment. Well, the funny, funny thing about that is that it's probably what makes him so good as a coach. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's but, great. but it's it's fucking great. annoying as an old man. He's great as a coach because he's on him, on him constantly. Do this, do this, do this. But when it's like putting the recycling out or, uh, or, yeah. or brushing the mats and you get all five lines in one phone call and I start to wave thin on him. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, well this, is, this is great because this has worked out absolutely perfect right towards the end of our conversation is that like during lockdown i i decided i was going to start growing vegetables and fruits and stuff in the garden and my mild man's not not very adventurous with his food um he's he's a typically a meat and two veg like if you say to him, do you want um some spaghetti bolognese and he'll be like i don't eat pasta like do you mean you don't eat pasta i, eat pasta. I don't like it okay like you, you spent a good 10 years of your life in the Mediterranean. What do you mean you don't eat? Oh, forget it. Don't worry. I'll do it. So 
the uh, I've got some dwarf beans growing in the garden, and it's a it's a re- repeat producer. So you can you can pick, give it a couple of days, there'll be a couple more. Yeah. He fucking loves these beans. He loves them because it goes well with his pork chop, his gravy. His meat is gravy and two veg, like his, his mashed potato, and he it. Like I said, he'll, he'll go to the pub, he'll have a couple of beers, he'll come back, and he'll tell me four times how much the flavour makes a massive difference <laughs> of the beans in the garden. It's just, it's like, damn, damn, like, yes, some veg that you grow yourself does taste a little bit better. And obviously, your organic food and stuff. Anything's going to taste better than that steam veg you buy from Morrison's. From from the freezer, like <laughs> it's gonna taste better, but he can't believe it. It's it's almost like you've just reinvented the wheel and made made his pork chop and mashed potato like his ultimate meal. Because you've got a little bit of veg. <laughs> well, a little bit of veg that he knows has come out. I had some Japanese um, greens, which I'd never grown before, but it, they're a bit like um, having rocket. It's 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 a it's a cross cross bloody lettuce of some sort that it's um, it tastes a bit like wasabi when you're eating it. He took, and I shit you not, a a bag like you can see this. So to anybody just listening to the audio, a bag that you would like a large salad bag to London. And he was like, yeah, that sorted me out for a week. That what do you mean? It's had it with a. Better ham, some cheese, and and the lettuce out the garden. I was like, well, for a whole, you ate the same thing for a whole week. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Easily pleased. <laughs> I I always say to him, you're on the spectrum, Dad. <laughs> if he could do the same thing every day, he that, would. That's yeah. him. That's perfect life for him. Feature of habit. Yeah. Right then, Tank. So I'm going to let you go because that is exactly one hour and fifteen minutes, which the is what. better. <laughs> but yeah, the brilliant. Honestly. Um, Obviously, we had a, a good good chat at the beginning about the fight, and again, congratulations about that. Yes. You were absolutely fantastic. That's honestly one of the best performances I've seen you do. It was almost flawless. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, and you've also massively kicked off the sections that I want. Oh, well, one more one. First memories of Lynx Africa. Oh, and you know, probably when I first went to comp school, probably. Um, in the P department, like one of the boys would bring in a can, you pass it around 15, 20, and they'll give it back to him empty, and then it'd be someone else's turn to bring it in next week. Exactly, yeah. Everyone relates Links Africa that I've spoken to, which is going to be the same sort of people, I guess, but everybody <laughs> is like uh, PE. PE, yeah. PE yeah. <laughs> or, or teenager. Can uh, I have a spray of that? You think, oh, see, that's going to be empty by the time it comes yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tank. Uh, perfect, mate. What a great podcast. Thank you so oh, much. Again. I'll uh, tag me in, I'll get shared out, and uh, we'll get your listeners up, I expect. No, no, we'll, we'll get you up to about 10, 15 listeners, hopefully. Well, if, if it gets to seven, I'll be happy. Take that. We'll take that. <laughs> um, I, look, I look forward to seeing you when you pop over, mate. And um, obviously, let me know, get get a table sorted, and square you all away, mate. Legend. See you soon, Dad. And you, mate. Have a good one.